your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right, the NHL entry draft has come and gone, and the Maple Leafs have added three more prospects to the system. Today's show is going to be going through all three prospects, mainly, to be honest, the the pick that they took in the second round at 58th overall, which was Matthew Neese. Um, so that, that we're going to go a little bit more in-depth there. Ty Voigt was selected, 153rd overall in the fifth round. And then Vacheslav Peksa, a goaltender, was selected in the sixth round with pick 185. So these are the three picks that Kyle Dubas went into the draft with, and he didn't move around the board or nothing. These are the three picks he had, and these are the three picks that he made. So not much movement uh, was done, but it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't a completely, uh, you know, it wasn't not a busy weekend for Kyle Dubas uh, working the phones, I'm sure, and also uh, trying to negotiate with Edmonton, as I guess Zach Hyman is uh, is is pretty well on his way out west to the Edmonton Oilers and trying to figure out if they can come up with some sort of compensation. Uh, so if we still have time at the end of the podcast, I'll get into that. If not, I'll have to wait until tomorrow to chat about it. But basically, uh, Kyle Dubas stuck to his guns. He wanted a higher draft pick for Zach Hyman uh, for the sign-in trade in order for Edmonton to get a little bit of cap relief with an eighth year instead of a seventh year. Um, and Ken Holland was not willing to give up a high price of a second round pick. He felt like it was more of a six round pick. They both stuck to their guns and no deal was made. And it's looking like Hyman is going to sign in Edmonton on the 28th on Wednesday um, at about a seven year, five and a half million dollar deal. And uh, I, I have some audio. And like I said, we'll, we'll play it. Um, if there's time at the end, if not, I will save it for tomorrow, but at least now you know the situation, um, and it's looking like Hyman is, is gone as, uh, as I anticipated, but let's get into these draft picks and let's get to know the newest prospects for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's start with the one who is taken with the 58th pick, the Leafs first pick in the draft, because the first rounder was dealt in the in the Nick Foligno deal. So Matthew Nice is the 58th overall selection in the draft in the second round. Uh, he was the pick who they the guy who they took. Uh, he's a left winger with a hard nosed style of game with a high compete level. He projects as a middle six power forward with nice playmaking abilities and one of the best puck protectors in the draft, and is said to be a plus penalty killer. However, he is a below-average skater with poor edge work, but did see improvement throughout the season. This is what uh, scouts are saying. And if you're talking about the Maple Leafs, I mean, they employ one of the best skating coaches in the world in Barb Underhill. So if skating is is his biggest knock, and that's something that they believe they can improve upon, if he's got, you know, a good, uh, he's got really a, a good shot, you know, he's got nice playmaking abilities, and he's got a good base to him, he's got a really good you know, power forward build. If they can improve that skating with Barb Underhill, who's done that with many players, um, 
you know, they feel like they could potentially have a top six power forward type of player in, you know, in uh, Matthew Nice. That's the that's the whole, I think, projection here on this player. Uh, he played in the USHL for Tri-City. He's committed to the University of Minnesota for next season in the NCAA. So, you know, he'll be able to develop his game at Minnesota, which is a really good, really good school. You know, the the Golden Gophers. Um, and I believe I saw Chaz Lucius, who was also a first rounder from the Winnipeg Jets, is also going to be committed to Minnesota. So those two will go in there and they'll try and uh, both you know, develop into solid prospects for their uh, for their squads. But being part of the USHL, right? Being part of Tri City means that I believe that this this team, the 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 Toronto Maple Leafs, know him pretty well because of the newcomer Ryan Hardy. He'd be very familiar with this kid. Like he knows the USHL inside and out, right? He was the former, uh, I believe he was the GM of the Chicago Steel of the USHL, which is like their premier program of that league, um, you know, them and the, the, you know, national development program, but you know, he's the newcomer to the staff and, and I guarantee you they leaned on him pretty good to, to get an understanding of who this guy is. And, uh, you know, it, it was a bit of a, a weird year for him. So he had, he had 42 points in 44 games this season, but he had 45 points in 44 games in his first season in the USHL. So he didn't quite have that big, jump like he was anticipating he had just eight points through 16 games but then this season was kind of derailed a little bit through through covid but his final 15 games of the season and this is what um a lot of scouts said this is what Kyle Dubas was talking about too he said the you know the end of his season he really found his stride late in the year so his final 15 games he recorded 24 points with 12 goals and scouts are attributing his improved skating and ability to marry that with his bigger frame uh, to become a more dominant player in the USHL. And he is, quote, this is a, a quote that is that has been used when discussing Matthew Knees. This, man, this guy is, quote, built for playoff hockey. Built for playoff hockey. Gotta love to see it, right? Gotta love to see it. Um, he was ranked 62nd on Bob McKenzie's prospect list, 43rd on Craig Button's prospect list, and uh, Corey Pronman had him the highest of uh, all these. Um, out of all the scouts of the Athletic, Corey Pronman had him as a fringe first rounder, ranked 31st actually. And here's a, a quick write up of what Corey Pronman had to say about Matthew Nice. Um, so yeah, Matthew Nice is a, a six foot three, 210 pounds. So he's a big boy first and foremost, you know, he's a big kid, big power forward. And that's exactly what he is. His skating is below average. His puck skills are average. His hockey sense is average to below average. His compete level is above average and his shot is below average. So when I read that, I was like, Oh, that doesn't sound too great. But then I kept reading. Nice has a great under had a great underage season, but his draft season was a struggle to produce as much offense as expected. Despite his mediocre point totals with 42 points in 44 games, I still see a very talented player, and he was an important player for the top USHL team in all situations. I see a six foot three forward with great hands who can beat defenders with clean uh, beat defenders clean with skill. I debated his sense being listed as average or below average. 
I've seen enough plays for him from him, particularly as an underager, to say he can see the ice, but this past season maybe question his sense at times and his puck decisions. His game lacks finish as well. Although he went on a big goal-scoring tear at the end of the season, 12 goals through the final 15 games, if you recall, uh, also had four points in three playoff games, Nice works hard on the ice, winning a lot of uh, winning a lot of puck battles, killing penalties, and taking pucks to the net. His skating isn't the best and will lack the ability to separate at the NHL level. In a sentence, Nice projects as an NHL two-way middle six winger. So that's what uh, Corey Pronman is projecting Matthew Nice to be. Uh, let's uh, let's read some quotes here from the general manager. Actually, let's read a quote from Matthew Nice on his season because, like I said. His first 16 games, just eight points. It was a slow start, and then he just took off and killed it in the latter portion of the season, the last third of the season. Let's hear from Matthew Neese. I've got a quote here that uh, that I'm going to read out, um, and this is what he had to say on his year. He said, quote, The first half of the season was a little chaotic for me. I got COVID. Our games started getting canceled. I couldn't get into a rhythm or start clicking with some players. Once the second half came around and none of our games were getting canceled, I was able to start picking it up. That was when my game kind of took off and our team did as well. We had a strong push in the playoffs with obviously a disappointing loss. I tried to bury my head and work harder, focus on the players around me and making them better players and people. It was a chaotic season, but I think I developed a lot and was able to mature as a leader and a person as well. So Matthew Nice uh, did wear a letter, so he had the uh, had an A on his jersey throughout the season as well. So he talks about maturing as a leader. Uh, that's probably what he was referring to. You know, was a, a rookie in his first, his underage year, I suppose, didn't wear a letter, and then was awarded it this season um, in the USHL. So that is, uh, so that's what Matthew Nice had to say about himself. Let's get a quote from the director of amateur scouting for the Leafs, John Lilly. This is how he uh uh, talks about Nice. Matthew is a really good player, left wing, left shot, powerful skater. We really valued his game as an underager in the USHL. He had a real strong season. I wouldn't say he struggled, but he didn't have the first half people anticipated. He bounced back and had a really good second half. He really showed what he was capable of. He played really good hockey, playoff hockey. He was productive. He played hard on a consistent basis. He played 200 feet. He really rounded out his game. He had a great underage season, and not unlike a lot of players who come into their draft year, I don't know why he had a bit of a struggle to start, but a lot of players put a lot of pressure on themselves because of the draft or different things. I just thought he rounded out his game, overcame the adversity, and just played really well down the stretch. He was fast, aggressive, and productive. He did everything we expected him to do coming into this season, but it took him a little longer than I am sure he wanted to get there. So, that is... uh, that's what he had to say about Matthew Nice. Here's what GM Kyle Dubis had to say about bringing him in. Uh, our scouting staff, led by John Lilly, has been very high on Matthew for some time. We especially like the way he finished the year in Tri-City in the USHL and the way that he played in the playoffs against Fargo for them. They've done a lot of work with him over the last several years, and we'll, he will continue to develop with the staff at the University of Minnesota. The games I had watched happened after 
the games I watched happened after our season had ended, and they were more late in the season watching in the USHL in the playoffs with greater interest. In the games I watched, he played very, very well. And like I said, right, the his game took off in the latter third and into the playoffs. So the games that he got to watch was a more polished Matthew Nice than what was there earlier in the season. But, you know, a lot of people attribute his uh, his his you know, he grew into his frame and he started to understand his body. Like these kids are young, right? 18, they have growth spurts. They're starting to fill out a little bit. You know, it, it takes some time. Plus he mentioned COVID and, you know, they just couldn't get going with the season. There was cancellations. He couldn't find any consistency. It was tough for a lot of, a lot of people this season. And, you know, Matthew Nice is, is another one, although he was one of the lucky ones who actually got to play. A full season there were still some you know some difficulties in in getting going but uh it, it looks like they got themselves a pretty good pick you know i i'm i i believe that uh you know it seems like he's a, a good pick and a lot of people like uh like what they see here's another uh another quote from cory pronman that he made about uh about matthew nice so Nice isn't a guy who is going to go end-to-end a lot, but he's a very intelligent forward with size. He can find seams from the perimeter, but also has the hard elements in his game to use his frame to win battles and get to the middle third of the offensive zone. His average foot speed is the main drawback in his game in terms of projecting him to the NHL level. So again, foot speed is the main drawback. Now, this quote was actually discussed back in... Uh, a year ago, last August, was when this quote was was taken about uh, about him by Pronman. So he's worked on that since, and I think now that he's with the Maple Leafs, he can continue working on his skating and continue that once he gets over to the University of Minnesota, um, a very good hockey program in the NCAA, and that should allow him to project into a, a pretty good NHLer. And there, there was some some names being tossed around that like this guy could play a Zach Hyman-esque role, right? He's somebody who is an unbelievable puck protector. Like you get, if he has the puck in the offensive zone, like you're not getting it from him. It's just, it's not happening, right? Um, He could protect it like nobody's business. Uh, And also, um, you know, he's a good penalty killer. So he could do that role. And he's just a big body, 6'3", 210. He's just a big boy. And like I said, quote, he plays pl- built for playoff hockey. It makes total sense. This team is looking to get bigger, and if they can find somebody who has that size and skill, kind of like a Josh Anderson type of player. Now, I'm not saying this guy is like Josh Anderson, but someone who has skill and has size, um, that's something that they're clearly looking to to add to their to their prospect pool. So Nice, very solid, solid selection there. It's looking like, um, you know, it's it's a, a bit of a, a slight risk because obviously there's a real big knock there with skating, and skating is clearly a a must in the NHL. But if he can clean that up, and if he can end up finding some consistency in his game, it looks like he's a he's an NHLer, and you know he could be a, a solid middle six winger um, with some speed or with some uh, with some size. Uh, who can kill some penalties. I, I mean, he's got a good shot as well. That's the type of guy, right? Good compete level. Those are the type of guys you need to find after the first round. You know, you got to fill your roster with your your day two picks, and that's exactly what a guy like Matthew Nice is going to do. 
Um, is there any other quotes that I had that I felt was necessary to uh, to talk about here? I feel like there was one more piece of information that I had on uh, on Nice. Maybe not. Yeah, I think uh, the, the the hockey writers, there's a, a report that they talked about and said that a comparable, no, that was a draft comparable, like where they thought he might go. So they thought he might go somewhere within the either late to first to early third uh, is where they thought he could go. Also, Shane Doan was really big on this kid, I guess. Uh, Shane Doan, there was a, an article that uh, Craig Morgan wrote. Um, who's a, a, a writer for Arizona, beat reporter. And he was, I guess, really high on uh, high on this kid. So Shane Doan, talk about power forwards. Well, <laughs> not bad, not bad. So that's, that's the first pick. That is the kid, Matthew Neese. He went 58th overall. He'll be going to the University of Minnesota. So if you want to keep an eye on the Golden Govers next season uh, to kind of track his development... Go for it. Have fun. That should be uh, that should be a good squad. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on what's going on with the Golden Gophers and with the Leafs, uh, Leafs second round pick from 2021. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll get to the other two players uh, from the 2021 draft that the Maple Leafs took in the fifth and sixth round. So a little later, a little later in the, in, in the draft. Obviously, Toronto didn't have too too much draft capital this year but still got some uh still got a player a decent player who dropped that has some upside to him and then they also picked up a goaltender too so i'll tell you about those guys when we return here on the locked on lease podcast welcome back to the locked on lease podcast mike DiStefano, the host of this program uh, Talking about the three draft picks made by the Toronto Maple Leafs this weekend at the NHL Draft. We already talked about the kid they took in the second round in Matthew Neese, who was taken 58th overall. Now we move all the way down the board to pick 153, which was the next time that they picked in. I don't know if you guys watched day two of the draft, but... The pick at 58, and then the pick all the way down at 153 was probably a four to yeah, probably a four-ish hour uh, wait time. (laughs) Like it was a long time go waiting for the Leafs to make their next pick here, but they finally did. It got to 153, and Dubas didn't trade it away. He kept it, and he selected Ty Voigt. Um, So Ty Voigt. Is, is an interesting player because he's one of those OHLers that really fell in the draft due to the lost season of the OHL. And that was a big theme in this draft. There wasn't a whole lot of guys who sat out for the year that, that went early. You know, there were some late flyers, you know, in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that ended up finally getting picked. But a guy like Ty Voigt, I mean, you look at uh, Scott Wheeler's rankings, who we had on the show a couple of weeks ago, but he had him as his 80th prospect. So that's about mid-third round um, for Ty Voigt. Yeah, he had him as a mid-third round pick, and he drops all the way to the fifth to pick 153. So if you think about it, that's 73 pick pick difference from how Wheeler had him ranked to where he got picked. So 73 picks late, I mean, that's a pretty good value, I would say, for Ty Voigt. And 
he's an interesting kid, you know, played for the Sarnia Sting uh, of the OHL, and he really only had one season under his belt before getting drafted, right? Um, played his 16-year-old season. He had 28 points in 49 games. He's an undersized playmaking winger with some speed. He's got great, uh, he's got a really, really good skater, uh, plus skating abilities. But again, undersized at 5'9 and 160 pounds, right? So, five nine one six. You had to think that Kyle Dubas and the Leafs were going to go eventually and get themselves a small, crafty, skilled winger, and and obviously that's what they did. Rolled the dice here in the middle rounds. That's kind of what they always end up doing. And this is this is you know this is the typical Leafs rolling the dice type of pick. It's got some really good upside, and for a fifth rounder, that's pretty well what uh, what you're going to go ahead and and select. But uh, I'll tell you a little bit about him. Um, he, oh, he also took part of the PBHH Invitational, which I believe this is the tournament actually that was put together by, uh, like draft eligible players who just didn't play this season. Um, whether this was kids from the OHL or kids from the, the Q who didn't get to play or, or, or whatever, but they put together a, a tournament and ended up having it and having scouts there. And I think they ended up getting sponsorship from like CCM to actually put this thing on. Um, so he went and he had nine points in 10 games and at, like scouts went to this event and there was a few guys who got drafted from it. So he's one of them. So he didn't play at all in the OHL, but he did play at this one tournament. And, and this could be where, um, you know, the, cause I know the Leafs did send a couple of scouts out to this game and this could be one of the places where they saw him. Now I know that they definitely saw him beforehand cause he played in the O you, you watch all these players. And if you listen to, and I'm going to share some, some quotes from, uh, from, uh, Dubis and uh, and director Lilly as well about you know their thoughts on him through his rookie season as a 16 year old but you know these were this tournament was actually I think got some kids drafted um, Voight may have been drafted without it regardless just because of the high upside that he possesses but I think it's interesting that he goes, has a great tournament, and then ends up getting picked up in the fifth round. Meanwhile, there's a, a lot of OHLers who didn't get drafted, who went undrafted because they didn't play at all that season, and there just wasn't information on them. So GMs opted not to draft those kids. Um, but what he did say, though, he said, with my time off, I, I took it upon myself to spend that time uh, off hockey to be putting putting work in the gym. So he put work in the gym, got bigger and stronger, and, um, you know, now he says that he plays a little bigger than he is, right? Five, nine bucks, 60, but he plays bigger than that. And he's not afraid to, to get into, get into the, you know, the gritty areas a little bit. Here's a quote from, uh, the Sarnia Sting general manager, Dylan Seca. He says he has electric skill. He is the type of player that can see things before they even happen. He loves to have the puck on a stick. He's calm. He has a great brain, good vision, and he's silky smooth and tight. A lot of guys will force pucks, but he won't. So that's that's uh, a quote about Dylan Seca. And uh, here's a couple more. This is from Kyle Dubas. Um, John and the staff did a great job. John saw him at the showcase in Erie, at the showcase where the players had organized there. Yeah, so that was the, the PW. Yeah, that was exactly what I was talking about. So, yeah, they did see him at the showcase, and that played into 
them drafting him. So I think that's just a great story. I'm actually, later in the week, we're going to have Tony Ferrari on, and he's going to give us his perspective on on all of these prospects. Um, I, I'm not a, pro, I, a prospect guy. I'm doing my due diligence. I'm reading up on some of these guys. I'm watching some tape. But I'm not a massive, like, I'm not a, a big-time scout, right? Um, but Tony is, and that's why I get him on to talk about this stuff. That's why we had him on last week to talk about the draft. I love the draft, and I, I, I do know some of the names and some of the big guys, but I'm not really familiar with what this tournament was, or a guy like Ty Voigt, um, who is a 16-year-old, wasn't quite on my radar a couple of years ago, and then obviously without the OHL, definitely didn't look into him. Uh, but like I was saying, I think I'm, I'm going to get his perspective on this showcase and if if he heard any anything about it and and how beneficial it was to, to some players so uh later in the week we're gonna have tony ferrari on uh to talk about not only ty voigt but talk about uh nice and talk about the goaltender and all the players that were selected by the toronto maple Leafs. he'll go a little bit more in depth than i am and give his uh insight and analysis and uh, i'll also get his his thoughts on the showcase as well that went down in erie uh okay so yeah so Dubas said that they went to the showcase. He also said he's a player who had a good underage season with Sarnia. And then you're trying to project what the 17 year old, the 17 year old would have been like, he's a very similar, uh, to a lot of players in the OHL. He didn't play. He didn't get to go to Europe. Uh, you have to kind of know what you know from the 16 year old season, plus what you know about his character and what you may see anecdotally from scrimmages or insights from strength coaches and people that we and people that know the player. Unfortunately, with the way this season and the winter went in Ontario and restrictions placed in the league, he was in the same boat as a lot of players, not able to play. We'll try to help him as much as we can uh, here through the next month and get him set for next season. We're very excited about him. So that's what I had to say. So, you know, basically this is a massive roll of the dice projection, but... I've talked to a couple of people, I, I, you know, a couple of coaches who I know through the OHL, and I asked them, hey, what are your thoughts on Ty Voigt? And they said to him, said, look, if he would have played this year, he would have went way earlier than the fifth round. He said, I know that he's undersized, but he's got skill, and this could have been a breakout year for him. And if he would have broke out, uh, you know, easily could have been, uh, you know, a second, third round pick with ease, but didn't play, and this is all projection, and out of sight, out of mind, and he drops all the way to the fifth round. And Kyle Dubas says, you know what? Let's give, let's roll the dice. Let's give this kid a shot. And that's essentially what ended up happening. <laughs> uh, here's what uh, Director of Amateur Scouting John Lilly had to say on Ty Voigt. He played in Sarnia as a 16-year-old. I believe he had 28 points through 49 games. A good season for an underage player. With the OHL not playing this year, it was a tough year. He went to Erie at the end of the year for a showcase in which we had some viewings. We feel he has upside. He's an offensive player with good hockey sense. He's a skilled kid. He's a good skater. He can make plays. He has good offensive instincts. Obviously, he's a little bit undersized, but he looks like he got a little bit bigger and stronger. He still has to improve in that area, but I think he has good offensive instincts and competes. Without having played for a year, I was pleased with how he looked. I think he's going to be a good offensive player in time. Sarnia has a good program. I expect for him to have a, a very good productive season coming up. He's a skilled and smart player. He isn't afraid to get into the traffic areas. He can make plays. Over time, he's going to become stronger and with time and age. He has the foundation there. He has foundation there. He can skate, pass the puck. He has good skill. And he plays well around the net. 
We're excited about his offensive upside. And I believe uh, in his 16-year season with Sarnia, he played on the power play, quarterback the power play, actually, along the wall, and then also played on the penalty kill. And as a 5'9", 160-pounder, that's quite interesting. Here's how Ty Voigt sees his game. He says, quote, I would describe myself as a playmaking pass-first player. I get the puck moving. I know where I know there has been questions about my size. It's been like that growing up for me. For the past two years, I've mainly focused on being in the gym. That is where I have put all my time and effort into away from the rink. I think I've definitely diminished a lot of those questions coming into my year this season, and those should be answered. He also goes on to say that Johnny Goudreau is someone who he's tried to model his game after a little bit. A lot of the features are the same. He says, I have, I have a lot of video shown to me, and I've also done my own research. He said, obviously, I've seen him play, and it's a person I've tried to model my game after. So, you know, when you're thinking of Ty Voigt, I guess the player to think about and how he plays and the type of skill level that he has and how he wants to play, it's Johnny Goudreau. And Johnny Goudreau was a fourth-round pick, right? So, I mean, like, these guys went very similarly in the draft. Um, not to say that Ty Voigt's going to become, you know, Johnny, Johnny Goudreau, but it's not bad. Uh, I also saw this tweet here about, um, Voigt's analytics. So his controlled, uh, his controlled exits are really, really good. So his control exits, uh, per 60 is in the 82nd percentile. And his controlled exit relative percentage is in the 89th percentile. And when he talks about how he likes to be a, a pass-first type player and, and a really good passer, his first assist per 60, 91st percentile. So he's often driving some scoring and setting up plays himself. Um, so that's really good to see. Real good to see. So that's a little bit about Ty Voigt, who was the fifth round pick, 153rd overall, but just the second pick made by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs this draft. Okay, we'll take one more quick break. When we come back, we'll get to the third and final pick in this podcast, talking about just three picks. Is almost like the draft itself, where it took a half hour to get through three picks, it seemed, which is kind of funny. But hey, that's uh, that's what you come here for. You come here for the the in-depth analysis on everything Maple Leafs, and I mean, what more could you possibly want the Monday after the draft? You want to know about these players, right? So I'm here to tell you. So stay right here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. When we return, we will get to... Vashislav Peksa, the Russian goaltender. I'll let you know all about Peksa. Stay tuned. We'll be right back here on the Locked on Leafs podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Mike DiStefano here, the host of the program, uh, going through the draft picks made this weekend by the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've already talked about their second-round pick, Matthew Neese. We've chatted about their fifth-round pick, Ty Voigt. And then their third and final draft pick was made in the sixth round, and they took Russian goaltender Vashislav Peksa with the 185th pick in the draft. 
Who is Vacheslav Peksa? Well, let me tell you. Uh, so yeah, he's a Russian goaltender who was actually passed over in the 2020 draft. So he could have been drafted last year, but he didn't go. So he's an overager, which actually makes this a second straight year that the Leafs have taken an overage goaltender in the draft. Last year, they took Artur Oktyamov in, I believe it was the fourth round, I want to say. And oh, here's a funny thought. Arthur Aktyanov is actually the teammate of Vacheslav Peksa. Now, I know what you're wondering. Is that on purpose? Is that, like, just a coincidence or what? And funny enough, actually, that played into this pick. The fact that they are teammates. I kid you not. This absolutely played into the pick. Um, I'm trying to find... The uh, what I do with that? I I had the the quote. Oh, it's funny. It's it, it, I can't find the quote right now, but I had it. But essentially, they were asked if this had anything to do with the fact that he's teammates with Aktyamov, and the scouting director literally said, "Yeah, this did have something to to do with it uh, a little bit, to be honest. Uh, it did, but he kind of walked it back a little bit and saying that one of their scouts kind of went to bat for him and was banging the table and said, hey, look, I've been watching Akiyama for the last little bit. This kid, kid like his teammate, he's, he's an athletic goalie. He's pretty good. You know, I like him. Uh, so I, I guess that they also do somewhat like him as well. Uh, <laughs> so whatever. Uh, but he's not an overly big goaltender, just six foot two. Um, got some time to grow though, right? Just, uh, what? I guess he's 18, going to be 19 years old. So he still has some time to grow. Uh, in 17 games last year, he had a 257 goals against with a 909 save percentage. And just, I suppose, we could tell you about Oktyama's same stats on the same team. He had a 166 goals against with a 935 save percentage with three shutouts. That was through nine regular season games, but through 12 playoff games, he had a 247 goals against and a 915 save percentage. So, um, Aktyamov seemingly is the better goalie of the two. Aktyamov is, is also a year older than Pexa, so I suppose we can, uh, we'll have to reserve judgment. But they play in the MHL, so not the KHL. It's the the league below in the MHL. Um, so we'll see what Pexa, I guess, could do in his draft year plus two, like Aktyamov, and maybe they'll you know, look a little bit better, kind of like uh, they did for him. But there's not much to know about him. He wasn't scouted in the, uh, he wasn't on the North American or the Central Scouting Rankings. Um, it was, it's just, it's really weird when you see <laughs> a goalie get taken by the exact same team. Like, they just went back to back with these goalies. So, um... I'm going to see if I can find that quote again because I, I had it and I guess, you know, dumb me decided to get away from the page because it was there, but now it is not. Okay, Vashislav. Probably this is a tough name to spell. I don't know why, but like Vashislav Peksa, it seems easier to say than spell for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but uh, that seems to be the case. Actually... Is it in this article here? Ah, here it is. Yes. So this is from uh, 
from the Athletic, the Josh Cloak was writing about uh, writing about the three picks here. So he says, <laughs> "This is his so it's a pick number three, Vashislav Peksa, six rounder, number one eighty five. He's a goaltender. He's eighteen, six foot two, hundred and sixty three pounds. In seventeen games, he had a nine oh nine save percentage, one shutout uh, with the Urbis Kazan in the MHL. Here's the skinny. This is the obligatory goalie pick." Drafting Pexa appears to be a case of the Leafs adapted to a constantly shifting scouting world in which travel was restricted. Pexa was a teammate of 2020 Leafs pick Artur Aktiamov, a fact which Lilly admitted factored into the decision to draft Pexa as the team's development staff would have been heavily monitoring his MHL team already. Although Lilly did say that Marley's goalie coach, John Elkin, who is tasked with studying the goalies, the possible goalie selections, he went to bat for him at the end of the day. So kind of walking it back, however, we did like him. John Elkin said that we liked him. Quote, John really thinks this kid is athletic and thinks there's a bright future with a lot of upside. Um, A little bit of an unknown But again, with the resources we had in place with the video, John was very confident, and I was very confident in the pick. So, legitimately, they were just like, oh, here's a goalie that we know. Let's take him. (laughs) Which is funny, because if you actually, if you listen to, I think, what was it, Friday? No, it would have been Wednesday or Thursday. Early last week, Kyle Dubas did speak to media did the media rounds realistically and you know when when asked like oh you only have three picks do you plan on getting more or why are you comfortable with just the three picks this weekend and essentially he said yeah there's not much information on these guys like that's why we loaded up on picks last year that's what he said and they did they had 12 picks last year because there was more more information on them because the pandemic didn't hit until what march so you still had most of those season. You just didn't really, you just missed the playoffs, essentially. Like most of these teams got almost to the end of the regular season and you just missed out on the playoffs. Um, whereas this year, like you had a lot of kids not even play. Like Ty Voigt, another one just didn't play, flat out didn't play. You couldn't go to, you couldn't go overseas and get actual eyes on other goaltenders from, from other teams. Uh, you know, you couldn't go down to, to, to Sweden. You couldn't get to the U.S. Like, it was just, you know, travel restricted. It, it really was tough for people to gather intel on these players. And I think that Kyle Dubas uh, somewhat knew that was going to happen. And if you recall, last year in the draft, I even talked about this after the draft, where I said there's not a single player from the Leafs draft class. They picked 12 guys, not a single one were taken in the OHL or the WHL. There was one player that was taken in the QMJHL. And the reason why I felt that was, was because Kyle Dubas didn't think that they were going to play, and he didn't want his kids to lose a year of development. And that's exactly what happened. Like, that is literally exactly what happened. Now, a lot of these kids who were, like, really skilled uh, and, and, you know, top-end picks could go and play in the AHL, right? Like the first rounders. But I mean like the six round picks that kid that these kids that the Leafs made like a year ago or that any team made a year ago in the sixth round that were OHLers, they didn't play. There was nowhere for them to go. They they might have got, you know, a sniff in the ECHL or whatever, but it, it was it was not not great. So I think 
you know, a year ago, he kind of knew that this upcoming draft wasn't going to be great, and he was willing to move as many picks as he could to try and make his team better in the now because he knew he didn't really – There, it was just a tough draft, really tough to evaluate. And that clearly was the case. I mean, you take a look at a lot of these these picks early. There was a lot of Europeans picked early on that weren't really expected to go so early. But because of the pandemic and because they actually got to play this year and there was more recent viewings of these kids, they're the ones who teams were selecting. So that's why I think a kid like like Ty Voigt overall could be a steal there was a couple others in the draft too that that really could be who didn't play at all this season but you know had really good underage years and then were expected to take a leap in the draft year but the draft year never came so we'll see in the draft plus one if a kid like ty Voigt starts to light it up and if that added you know that added uh strength and that added weight that he that he's expecting to put on or that he did put on over the course of the offseason when he put all that time in the gym, if that translates onto the ice and you got a kid who maybe would have been a second or third round pick, you were able to get him all the way in the fifth round, that's really good. Considering you only had three picks, that's really good. So I think that the Leafs, considering they only had a couple of, a couple of selections, I actually like what they were able to do. You know, they, they got themselves a, a nice big winger who's, you know, projects to be a, a middle six NHLer, but has some size and can do some other things. And then has a really good, you know, a really good arc because it was, he started to really pick things up at the end of the season as if something clicked, a light bulb just clicked inside of him and went on. And, and he just, you know, started scoring 12 goals his final 15 games and had a really good playoff as well. If he can continue that once he gets to the University of Minnesota, I mean, that might turn out to be a really solid pick too. A steal maybe even at 58 overall. The goaltender is an absolute crapshoot. Goaltenders are always crapshoots, so it is what it is. <laughs> and it's a six-round pick. I mean, it, I guess. Um, but overall, I, I I don't mind the draft. I wish there was more. they would have had more picks and you know had more uh, dart throws, as as we like to call them. But at, at the end of the day, I think I think they, they did well, all things considered. And, uh, you know, hopefully there's, you know, an NHLer amongst the three players that they took and that this draft class doesn't turn into a complete waste, kind of like the, you know, early, late 2000s, early 2010s draft classes. <laughs> All right, uh, so it doesn't look like we have time for that Hyman chat, I suppose. Um, I'll get into it, I guess, tomorrow, because technically he hasn't signed yet, so I guess it doesn't really matter. But look, if if you know Kyle Dubas was sticking to his guns, didn't want to get pushed around, um, and Edmonton wasn't willing to go anything more than a sixth, then I'm okay with it. But if they were both being stubborn and, and nobody was willing to meet in the middle for like a four, I, I think that is a little you know, dumb and silly. I think that would be a bit of a mistake. Uh, especially since like, it just seems like a defensive move by Dubas just to, to not make a move to better his team because he's doesn't want another team to have, uh, uh, you know, a lower cap by half a million dollars. I don't know. Like I understand it. And like, it is smart 
I suppose. Like, it's not worth a sixth, but I think it would have been worth a fourth if that was on the table. If it wasn't, then good for Dubas for uh, sticking to his guns and saying, fine, just take them. But I'm not getting walked on. I'm not caving. You know, and the thought the thought is now that, all right, so Dubas doesn't cave. So I guess you can, you know, you're not going to walk all over this kid anymore. I don't know if that was the the point of of that, you know, saying no. But anywho, uh, we will, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'll chat a little bit more about this Hyman thing tomorrow as some more information comes to light. Um, but we're going to now basically get into some free agent talk tomorrow. Free agency is on Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. This whole week is crazy. Last Wednesday, we had the expansion draft. This weekend was the actual draft. And now Wednesday, we have free agency. It's, it's coming quick, quick, quick. So tomorrow... We'll get into some free agency talk. Uh, but like I said, later in the week, I will have Tony Ferrari on. And we'll go a little bit more in depth about each of these players um, that the Leafs drafted. And uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Leafs draft overall. But that's to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.